Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. God is that, like if, you, if you're bringing three, four, five, six plus people, um, you want to obviously focus on those people, don't you? And it's kind of hard if it's a bigger group. The cool thing is that this year we have the opportunity to bring some people Saturday night and some people Sunday morning. So let's be doing that. And I've been praying personally and just shared this at a few kind of back of house meetings. I'm not even sure if I said it last Sunday morning. But I'm believing that we've seen 55 people saved across Arena uh, this year, which is awesome, isn't it? Come on, that's, that's amazing. <clears throat> but I'm believing that in this next period, we're going to see another 55 saved in December. That's what I'm praying for, and that's what I'm believing for. As, uh, as Julie said, 300 first-time guests last year. We'll do the maths. I'm a bit of a numbers guy. If we have 300 through this year, we don't even need to see 25% make a decision. I've got faith to believe that we can see 25% make a decision. So come on, church, let's be praying, let's be believing. This is the time of year where people look to the church, where people are open. So ask your neighbours, ask your friends, put some stuff on so that it's a bit sticky. So what I'm going to try and do on the Saturday is invite people back to mine afterwards. And um, that just helps the whole thing, doesn't it? Yeah. So we're in this series. You asked for it. Who's enjoying it so far? Yeah. Who's had to use and apply Christian's message on difficult people this last week. Anybody? Yeah, a few people. Yes, a few of us have done that. I found that so beneficial last week. And I hear that Stephen preached up a storm as well the week before that. And that's amazing to see. But I'm going to continue with the series today. Now, when we sat around the table planning our series, we were talking about what to talk about with you guys. And we seek here... To, to ask, well, answer the questions that people are asking. See, I think some of the, the church's problem at times, um, and for some, some reason that churches have closed around our country, is that we've been answering questions that no one's asking. The reason Jesus' ministry was so dynamic was because he dug deep into the questions of society. He answered the questions that people were asking. He spoke about things like relationships, money, God, what comes after death? How to live a life of significance. See, we want to preach messages in Arena Church that harness the wisdom of God and present it in a way that's relevant today. I believe that there's no more relevant book than the Bible today. I believe that the wisdom we need is not new wisdom, not wisdom from me, but actually is wisdom from God. Wisdom that's been here since time began. If we can tap into that, I believe we can live successful lives. One of the biggest issues in our world today is stress. Who's ever not been stressed? If you've never experienced stress in your life, just put your hand up. No one, the kids are out, so that's definitely the case. We've all experienced stress. Stress impacts all of us. See, I've seen people do crazy things in my life because of stress. Crazy things on the football pitch, crazy things in workplaces. It's so often, like, so apparent today and so common to hear someone say, I'm stressed or I'm burnt out. I, um, I, I meet a lot of people through here at church and through work and different things. A lot of people and you normally say to someone, hi, how are you doing? The most common response that I get is this, I'm doing good, but busy. I'm good, but I'm busy. I'm sure people have even heard that response 
this morning. It's like our busyness is an indicator of our significance or our success. It's like in our world today that if we're not busy, we aren't significant. Does anyone know what I mean? It's like if our calendar isn't full for a day, we feel guilty because we've got some space in our lives. This busyness, it creates stress. See, I said about seeing people do crazy things because of stress. I've done crazy things because of stress. I'll tell you this one story. Who knows that getting out of the house in the morning can be a little bit stressful at times? Yes, we've got two kids as well. And, uh, you know, that can add to that. And this one morning, it was just one of those mornings where everything was taking longer. Breakfast was taking longer. Doing my hair was taking longer. Ironing, ironing my clothes. Now, guys, listen, the first three years of my marriage, I didn't touch the iron, okay? The last three, I've, I've touched it quite a lot. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, when, when, I, I like to try and rush the iron. And this morning, I, I'm behind, everything's taking longer. I'm like this with the ironing board. I'm like, like killing it. I don't know if there's any guys like that. I think you'll relate. So I'm doing this, I, I'm rushing through, I'm rushing out the door, I jump in the car, reverse my car, I start driving down the street and I realise there's a problem with the car. Now being the great Christian guy I am, the man of faith I am, I just sit there and sing songs of praises to God. <laughs> uh, guys, I've got to tell you, you know, some people don't live up to the hype, but I've got such a sweet spirit all the time. <laughs> Not true, that's a lie. <laughs> This morning, so I'm so stressed out, I'm not singing songs of praise. I'm actually like hitting the steering wheel, like, come on, not today. I need my car to work today. I'm continuing to drive down the street. The more I drive, the more stressed out I'm getting. And what I do, you know, what, what all husbands know is in pressured circumstances, when things aren't going right, the only self-respecting thing to do is to blame your wife. So, so I'm driving down the road, the car's not working. I'm like, what has Helen done to the car? She's broken it. I'm trying to get her on the phone. I'm like, babe, what have you done to the car? I'm driving. I'm driving like half a mile down the road. My car's like going at a snail's pace. I look down at the dashboard and I see this light that indicates I've left the handbrake on. I've left the handbrake on. See, while I use hyperbole and exaggeration to make my point, stress makes us do crazy things. Stress turns us into a shadow of ourselves. In America, they did a study just recently, and it showed that 77% of all adults experience physical symptoms because of stress. That's not like, oh, I feel a bit stressed. That's like, I've been ill because of stress. 77%. And you might say that's American, they're crazy. You would be completely true and right. But today in our world, even in England, studies show that year on year, the stress levels in the country are going up. Have you ever seen any any more publicity about mental health? No. Big, big area of mental health is because of stress. Stress is at epidemic proportions in our society. We struggle with stress. The funny thing is this. We've never been more comfortable. We've never had more devices. We've never had more options, more choices. We could... You know, like when other in history, where else in history could you jump on a plane and go to Australia or America or just drive down the road to Sheffield or to Birmingham? Like nowhere's, everywhere's accessible, isn't it? We've got options like TV, we've got options. We've got options where we want to go, where we want to live, what we want to do. We've never had more options. 
So if you go back 15 years, and for most people, when you left work at 5.30 at night, you could forget about work until 8.30 the next day. Yeah, pretty much. Is that true? Today, if you leave work at 5.30 the night, because of our our laptops, like my whole work life is based upon this laptop. Because of our laptops, because of our mobile phones, our smartphones, we, it's not unusual to see people sending emails, work emails at 7 o'clock at night, 8 o'clock, 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night, 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m. It's just standard to see that. We can never switch off because we're constantly connected. We see, it isn't just work. In this room today, a lot of people are balancing numerous plates. Have you ever seen one of those performers and they've got the plates, haven't they? You know, they spin them on the sticks and the feet and on the mouth, like... Uh, okay, this is, this is probably a bit nasty, but I just want to say, hey, catch and throw a tennis ball. <laughs> All the plates drop. But aren't our lives like that at times? We're spinning these numerous plates, and, and you all know that the plates need constant attention. It might be business, spending time with family, with friends, doing jobs around the house, sports, volunteering, staying connected. The plates that we're spinning need constant attention. The relentlessness of life has led to people being constantly stressed. It's not rare today to see someone lose it in traffic. Or like if the web page doesn't, doesn't open in like 0.01 seconds, like, ah! It's me. That's a stress reaction though. That's not a normal reaction. Stress can lead to us carrying a weight around that's too heavy. It can bring us to a place of feeling like the world's on top of us, like there's no way out. It impacts our relationships, with our families, with our friends. It impacts our way of life. It makes us less effective. And in circumstances, it can lead us into an early grave. Today, we're going to talk about how to handle stress. In John 16, verse 33, we see Jesus make one of his most outrageous statements, I think. I think it's a crazy statement. It's a ridiculous statement. It's a shocking statement. Honestly, it's something a salesperson would never say. Because as a salesperson, what you do is you sell the benefits. So you've seen the Black Friday ads, you know, 99 pounds in big, bright, in big letters, the product in big letters. And you know that the nasty stuff's at the bottom in in the small print, yeah? Yeah. Like the, the benefits are here and the negatives are here. Well, Jesus, <clears throat> Jesus leads <clears throat> with the negative. It's crazy. He says this. In this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. Now, if I would have been one of Jesus' disciples, like, my hand would have been straight up. I'm like, Jesus, yeah, yeah, Jesus. Yes, Josh, what do you want? Uh, Jesus, I love you, like, been following you for a while. I just think you're a great guy. I think I just misheard you. Yeah, what do you think I said? I think I just heard you say, in this world, you'll have trouble. Yeah, Josh, that's what I said. No, no, but I've been following you around, and... I thought that you were the healer. Like, I thought that you were the saver. Like, I thought you were the Messiah. Like, what's this talk of trouble? 
me and Helen, go back six years, go back five years. So last Sunday um, was mine and Helen's six-year anniversary. Yes, I do know that uh, there's some people in our church coming up for the 60th anniversary, um, but six years, six years. And um, the first year of our marriage was the greatest year of our lives. Like a lot of people said to us, like the first year of marriage is the hardest year of your life and all that. It's just not our experience. And at the end of our first year of marriage, Helen found out, he's like bang on, pretty much bang on the end of our first year. We found out that Helen was going to be made redundant. And that's not great, is it? But it like happens, that's life at the end of the day. Within two weeks, I found out that I was going to be made redundant. Just crazy, bizarre. And you've got to understand, like, I was 22 when we got married, so pretty much a kid, really. And we'd gone from being kids, living with our mum and dads, even though we were adults, but we were living with our parents, to, like, having this house, looking after this house, paying for bills, paying the mortgage, all that stuff. And you find out that you're not going to have any money, like. It's a bit scary, yeah? And I'll never, ever forget this. One Saturday morning in that time, like, within that, two, three-week period. Came home from football in the morning and walked in and, like, Helen just didn't look herself. I was like, babe, what's up? She said, um, I've had a letter from the doctors and I could be really poorly. And I'm not going to go into the kind of the intricacies of that, but it was pretty much as bad as it could have got potentially. And I can remember her sitting down on her couch and my wife crying in my arms. In this world, you'll have trouble. See, at times we've been sold a gospel that's completely false. People have said that followers of Jesus don't go through trouble. That if you follow Jesus, you just breeze through life and there'll be no issues and it'll be lovely and you just bounce around with Jesus. It's not true. See, it'd be easy to think that this, when Jesus says this, in this world you'll have trouble, that he's speaking to this huge impersonal crowd. It's not the case. He's speaking to his closest disciples. I can guarantee you today that in this world you'll have financial trouble. You'll have health trouble. You'll have car trouble. You'll have child trouble. You'll have school trouble. You'll have work trouble. You'll have relationship trouble. I can promise you that you'll have trouble. Like, don't you hate trouble? Don't you just wish that trouble would go away? I'm sorry to say that trouble's here to stay. And you know what? Trouble causes stress because we can't control it. And what we can't control causes us stress. Trouble hurts, trouble can last, and trouble can seem like it'll never be gone. You encourage this morning. Yeah, someone's new this morning. I'm like, I don't want to come to this place again. (laughs) This is awful. See, thank God that I misquoted this verse in Jesus. I didn't misquote it. I took it out of context. Because what it says in John 16, verse 33 is this. It's going to come up on the screen. Jesus says this. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. I thank God for Jesus. I thank God that in every situation I go through, he has the victory. I thank God that he's overcome the world. See, when you go through trouble, you have two choices. You can run to God or you can run away from him. 
people don't stay in the middle. I've seen this, that in trouble, in those extreme circumstances in life, people do one or two things. They run to God or they run away from him. See, me and Helen, we sat there on this Saturday morning, kind of scared to death. We had two choices, run away from God, get mad at God, be scared. But instead, what we did is we sat together and we prayed, believing that he was going to see us through because he had overcome the world. See, this makes a huge difference because I know that God has overcome the world. And because he's overcome the world, I know he has overcome my situation. We could trust our future to him knowing that he was with us and that he is in control. People get so stressed out because they're forever worrying about tomorrow. What might happen? How that meeting might turn out? What that person might say? What might happen in my job? What might happen in my workplace? You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Listen, today, the Bible says today's got enough problems. Worry about today, not tomorrow. In this world, you'll have trouble. See, the great thing is that in Christ, even when we go through trouble, when we go through tough situations, awful circumstances, God can turn it around for our good. Romans 8 verse 28 says this, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Every situation, every trouble, every hardship we go through, God can turn it around and use it for your good. That's the reality. I I thought I'd hear a few more amens this morning. God can turn that situation around for your good. See, when we were both made redundant, we didn't know why it happened. You sit there, don't you? And you just don't know why. It's like, God, why? What's the deal? What's happening? It was frustrating. It had the potential to be scary, but because we trusted God, we trusted in his word and that he would lead us through, we could have peace in the midst of the trouble. See, when you're in trouble in that awful situation, you can't always see why. But because we realized our destiny was not in the hands of an employer or the hands of a doctor, we knew it was in God's hands, we could trust that we were going to come through. See, because of that situation, today I've been able to set up a business and can serve God in church and be much freer to do that. Helen was in a job that was paying all right, but actually was she that passionate about? No. And now she gets to serve God again in church as well. See, God used that situation and turned it around for God. And by the way, the health report of the doctors was wrong as well. So thank God for that. Yeah. I don't know what you're going through today, but I'm here to tell you that God can save you, that God will save you, and the rubbish you've gone through, he can turn around and use it for your good. I'm not saying it will happen exactly how you want it to. Your car's broke down, God, I need a Ferrari. He's not probably not going to give you a Ferrari. And if you get that Ferrari, please come and pray, pray for me for one as well. But he's never let anybody down, and he's not about to start with you. I think the greatest stress deflating verse in the whole Bible is found in Matthew 11, verse 28. It's what I might call a live verse, a verse that I run back to, a verse that's constantly around my life. And Jesus says this, it's in the message version, this is, he says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, 
get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. See, stress isn't caused by the presence of trouble. It's caused by the absence of rest. See, we can get stressed doing things we love. People get stressed hanging out with the kids. People get stressed watching Manchester United when they lose. (laughs) Some people, maybe me. People get stressed hanging out with people, being with people. We get stressed. We can get stressed, can't we, doing the things we love, yeah? Stress isn't caused by the presence of trouble. It's caused by the absence of rest. This verse sets me free because Jesus once again is outlining his terms of engagement. He wants to know us. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out? You won't escape the trouble, but you can escape the stress. We do this by going to Jesus, by running into his arms, by living life in conjunction with him. So I think the way we do rest in the 21st century at times is not rest at all. Like, you've got to believe that I can sit down and watch TV and it can be more stressful than a full day at work at times. You know, we, we, we fill our lives with like this stuff like TV and social settings and, and all this other stuff, devices, like it's so common today to see people sat on three devices at night so there'll be times when I'll be doing work on my laptop I'll be watching tv and I'll have my mobile phone next to me as well this is not rest that's not rest you might not be at work but let me tell you that is not rest and what we do is we never really take a second to just unclutter our mind and rest Throughout his ministry, in his busiest hour, when the crowds followed him everywhere, when people begged for him to heal them, when people wanted just a word from Jesus, he didn't just oblige every single person. He didn't didn't go away and have a game of football or, I don't know, watch a play or whatever they did back then. Jesus did something crazy. He got away on his own. It says, Jesus retreated to lonely places. And he got away on his own with God. Uncluttered his mind and just rested. So you'll never escape stress if you can't get away with God. The antidote for stress is to give that weight that you're carrying, your weight, to Jesus. You might say this morning, Josh, I want to do that, but how? Well, I think Jesus outlines it here in Matthew 11. When he says, walk with me, Work with me. Watch how I do it. The first thing God wants us to do is to walk with him. Right at the beginning of the Bible, God outlines how he wants to interact with us. It talks about him walking with Adam in the call of the day. This is not a walk to get somewhere. This is not a walk with purpose. The only purpose for this walk is to spend time together, is relationship. <clears throat> it's a walk in the park. It's a walk just to walk for the sake of walking, to talk, to be together. So when Jesus says, walk with me in this verse, I believe he's tipping his hat to right 
at the start of time when he walked in the call of the day with Adam. You need time every day to metaphorically walk with God. Time where you were alone with him, where you can unload, where you can bring your burden, your dreams, your plans, your heart to him and where he can speak to you. For you, it might be a literal walk. You might get out with the dogs or whatever and go for a walk and just talk to God. The way I do it, I wake up a little bit earlier in the morning when my house is quiet, go downstairs, chuck the kettle on, sit on my sofa, and I just spend time with God. Every single day, I come to him, I unload, I give the weight of my life to him. You know, and it's not just the bad stuff. I give him the good stuff as well. God, look, I've got this hope. I've got this dream. Father, just show me how it's going to work. Show me what you want me to do. Help me, God. Because that can be as heavy as the hurt sometimes, like aspiration. God, help me. I've dealt with this difficult person this week. God, show me how you want me to change. Show me how I can work with you. God, what do you want to say to me today? Every single day I get away with the author, the creator of heaven and earth on my own, and we have our own time together. This is how we unload. This is how we give our weight to God. See, Jesus also says to work with him. He says, walk with me, work with me. And I think people have so often made time with Jesus and the relationship with Jesus a checklist. So I've read my Bible today, tick. I've spent some time with God, tick. It was never intended to be like, I've done this and then I move on. That's a transaction. That's not relationship. God wants relationship with us. He doesn't want to be involved in a little bit of your life. He wants to be involved in your whole life. And what I believe God's alluding to and Jesus is alluding to when he says, work with me, he says, look, in your day, involve me. Involve me in your day, in that meeting. Involve me when you're working. Involve me in that tough situation. Involve me when you're with your kids at night. Involve me when you're with your wife. Involve me in your day. Work with me. Go with me. And I find that throughout my day, as I... As I think on God, as I, as I go into that tough meeting or I'm going into that new setting and I don't know how it's going to be or I go into that meeting and, you know, I'm a bit nervous, I'd say, God, just go before me. God, go with me. God, help me. Holy Spirit, help me to say the right things. Help me to do the right thing. That deflates my stress throughout the day because I know that God's going with me and I know that God's gone before me. See, as we walk and work with God, It says, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. As we walk with him, and as we work with him, we become more like him. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Jesus is saying this, hey, life doesn't have to be this crazy, forced, stressful thing. If you walk with me, and as you work with me, you can be going through the hardest time, but actually, it doesn't need to be forced. It doesn't need to be labored. It doesn't need to be stressful. It can be unforced. You can't learn or earn grace. It's given. It is a gift. And this morning, Jesus wants to set every single person in this place free. You've been trying to earn God's grace by living a good life. You've been trying to earn God's grace and God's favor by praying or reading your Bible. I'm sorry, that's not the way to do it. We don't do it because of that. We don't do it for God's grace. We do it because of his grace. It's given. See, because stress isn't 
the presence of trouble, but the absence of rest. In our toughest moments, we can still have peace. The situation that Helen and I said about, it was bizarre. It was crazy because in our toughest moment, in our hardest year today, like we had the best year of our lives. It was bizarre. We had less money than ever before. We were going through some tricky stuff, but we had the best year of our lives. And I can remember us vividly talking about this after we were out of the situation, saying, isn't it amazing how we've still had an amazing year, regardless of the situation? Philippians 4 describes it as this, a peace that passes understanding. When you know who holds your future, when you know that God's looking after you, when you know that God's with you, you can have a peace that passes understanding. Band, if you come up, we're we're about finished. But this morning, don't try and force your faith. You don't have to carry this weight around. You don't have to deal with it on your own. Give it to Jesus. That's why he died for us. He died and rose again so that he could have relationship with you and so that he could take your weight. He could take your stress. Do me a favor and if you just bow your head and close your eyes. We're not praying, we're just giving people the space. And first of all, I want to ask this morning, if you don't know Jesus, if you've not made a decision to follow him, but you've seen something this morning, you've felt something this morning, I believe that's God. I believe God's calling you back to him. And today I believe that God, oh, I know that God wants to start a relationship with you. If you say, Josh, I need to give my weight to Jesus. I want to start a relationship with him now. I just ask you to lift your hand. You say, I want to follow Jesus. I want to become a Christian. I want to follow God. Great. Great. You can put your hand down. Thank you. God, we thank you for the people who've made a response to follow you this morning. God, I pray that in the busyness of life, in the toughest moments, in the trouble, God, that as they commit to you today, that they bring you the rubbish, they bring you the hurt, and they'd step into this glorious, beautiful relationship with you. Lord, I pray that you transform them, not into someone else, but into who you made them to be since before time began. Thank you, Jesus.